Welcome to the NRL's Tackle Coaching Podcast, where the game's leading minds share their experiences to help you improve in all areas of coaching. Now, here's your host, Scott Sattler. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Tackle Coaching, proudly brought to you by the National Rugby League. I'm your host, Scott Sattler. In this episode, we're going to introduce a concept of inclusive coaching and why it's important that every coach and their philosophy, uh, why we need to look at diversity in the game. Essentially, it's the inclusion about ensuring coaches cater for the range of backgrounds. And we will delve into discussions on coaching people from different cultural backgrounds, uh, specifically uh, Pacifica and Indigenous populations. And uh, joining us are three gentlemen who uh, who really play in this field on a, on a daily basis. And I'll go through um, who they are and, and what their backgrounds are currently. Uh, David Lakisa is a Samoan descent. Uh, he's a PhD candidate from the University of Sydney Technology, researching really the spread of Pacifica athletes in Australian Rugby League. He's a former PE teacher. He's also been involved with coaching Junior Rugby League in the Penrith District for the past six years. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Thank you, sir. We've also got Dean Witters, uh, a former NRL player, very talented former NRL player, Australian Indigenous. Uh, he's women Indigenous All-Stars coach, and uh, he's a current player and coach for the Redfern All Blacks. Good to see you, Dino. Good to see you, mate. And also Steve Meredith, the NRL Community Manager, NRL Respect program, a former multicultural development officer with the New South Wales Rugby Leagues, a PE teacher, he's a former NRL player, of course, and works uh, engaging in the the newly arrived migrants. Steve, that's that's really should should be quite exciting. Yeah, not no, only looking is. at the Pacific Islanders, but also and the Indigenous, but also a lot of the other cultures that we'll discuss later on that are being introduced into the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So, guys, as I said in the introduction, we're talking about inclusive coaching. So my first question is to all of you, and I'd, I'd invite all of everyone just to jump in at any given time about any of these topics because uh, we are looking at, uh, as we said, a, a myriad of backgrounds of cultures, but inclusive cult- coaching. What is inclusive coaching, Steve? We'll start with you. Look, I, I think... You know, we, we talk about um, being inclusive just as a whole. I think just the term being inclusive is really looking at um, how do we, you know, empower people to, to feel a sense of connectedness and a, a sense of belonging um, wherever they are. And I guess from the, the context of being a coach, I think one of the most important things to consider uh, when coaching, you know, a group of players, uh, whatever age group there are, um, is to really consider how do I, you know, best engage them. Um, in my coaching um, and being an inclusive coach is one that really considers um, the individuals that are in front of you I guess the environments um, that you're coaching these these players in and really trying to, to get the, the best out of your players by by promoting that uh, that sense of connectedness and, and belonging and so I guess um, from a, an inclusive coaching uh, perspective um, there's many elements that that, that go with um, ensuring that uh, that you you are an inclusive coach um, and um, you know we're very uh, fortunate to have um, some panelists here that are, are, are walking uh, the talk I guess in this space yeah I also think like you know rugby league is uh, we always say much more than a sport mm. and this in with this inclusive coaching it's it's our chance to prove that it's and it's you know when when your kids are growing up and if your your kid uh, is is a little bit rowdy or he's a little you know he's getting down the wrong path you trust sports like rugby league to put him in there and learn the discipline learn the dedication the teamwork uh be in that happy fun environment 
that's going to turn his life around. And I think it's still true with our game. And I think um, being an inclusive coach is being able to understand that everyone comes from different backgrounds and that you're there to make a difference in these kids' lives beyond what they're doing on the rugby league field. And I think um, getting, gaining these skills as an inclusive coach gives you every opportunity to be able to see those things and understand and learn from it uh, and, and be able to nurture these kids' lives in the best way. Absolutely. I, I, I like how you said you're learning from it yourself. Quite often when we talk about inclusive coaching, we're thinking of the players themselves. But I, th- I think personally uh, it's more than just making people feel included. I think it starts with the coach themselves. They've got to have their own sort of uh, sense of belonging or, or know where they are in order to help uh, others as well. So, And, and perhaps inclusive coaching, if, if you use that term, you'd like to think it's not really a somewhat of a new concept, maybe in today's society, but... You know, teamwork's always been around ever since team sport was created. It was always about making people feel like they're a part of something bigger than just themselves. So I think that's navigating or understanding that space more than just, you know, from a player's perspective. I think coaches too need to understand that uh, I don't have to just be an inclusive coach. I need to be an inclusive person, Mm. if that makes any sense. Well, I'll throw a scenario at at the three of you and... And this is an education for me also. We're always developing, aren't we, as coaches or as human beings? And I have a friend of mine who is first-year coach in just in a regional area. He's got um, some Pacific Islanders in his team. He's got some Indigenous lads in his team as well. And he just felt as though as a coach in his first year, he needed to stamp his authority. And it's black or white. It's really autocratic. It's, I'm going to go and make the decision. This is the way it's going to be. And he once said to me while we're having a cup of coffee, so I'm just they're not engaging, they're not they're not all buying into to what I'm trying to do. And I asked him what sort of playing group has he got and he told me, he said, Oh, he's got a, a lot of local lads and he's got some indigenous boys that, that travel about forty minutes to a game uh, to training each week. Got some Pacific Island boys, their families have moved to the area. And I said, Well, have you really taken time out to understand their backgrounds their their family environments the influences they have from family whatever it may be he said no I haven't so I suppose long story short is it about getting an understanding of of what their family life's like what the influences from their environment is like and basically their home life culture Dino yeah I think it's also you once you've built that connection then you can come in later with That's the, the big hard word line. connection yeah. isn't it yeah you've got to build the connection first and um, culture is not a way of making excuses for not towing the line and doing what's expected of everyone in the in the team. But culture and connection to culture and feeling valued and and being safe in in that environment mm. that enables a young player to then be able to excel and push himself above the limits that he thinks possible. And you know we we've been in professional rugby league clubs and we know that to make it it doesn't matter whether you're black white whatever it is you've got to push yourself beyond your limits to make it but for our kids to do that they need to feel safe in that environment and it's just about building that connection first and i think that you know you've got to invest in trust uh, you've got to build trust you've got to invest in the in the connection and once you've established that in in the team well, then all of a sudden, then you can come in and say, well, now these are the rules. These are the team things that we're going to get everyone to strive for. And they'll all feel comfortable being able to reach it. But you can't come in there from the word go and say, black and white, this is what my rules are. This is what you've got to do. Uh, if you don't do it, you're gone. Because you'll lose a lot of good players. Mm. Yeah, trust, connection. I love those those buzzwords and feeling valued. Uh, I could add feeling validated, you know, and uh, 
I was able to conduct some research. I surveyed 47 contracted players back in 2011, and we found um, uh, we found that there were three key pillars in terms of Pacifica and Māori um, players anyway, uh, three key drivers or hallmarks of their socio-cultural motivations, and that was family, faith, um, and culture. Mm. And so we found those sort of three key drivers once a coach sort of um, understood and it's not the same for every player. Um, it's just for that that's that cohort that I, that I was able to uh, interview. But uh, understanding though your drivers um, of of your certain players, because everyone comes from a different uh, background, and um, but we find a lot of coaches they act or respond accordingly to their own lived experiences. Sometimes they coach the way they were coached, and they 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 go sort of selectively and pick and choose what worked for them. And, and I, I I think it's absolutely key to understand, um, you know that. Uh, just as much as what is happening off the field in um, what they produce on. Yeah, cause, and I guess, you know, what we're touching on today in the, the um, is mainly around culture and diversity, but we also understand as, as, as coaches and as, I guess, educators, really, because we're really transferring information across to these individuals mm. that are in front of us as coaches. And I think it's really important to consider that cult, some of the cultural elements, the cultural diversity that's in front of us, as David's saying, you know, the faith to consider, you know, there's religious um, context that we sort of have to understand with some of the players that are in front of us. I guess the family um, makeup of the individuals that are there, you know, some some kids are, are rocking up to training and, you know, have been sleeping on the floor ever since they were born, you know, um, because there's seven people living in a, you know, a, a, a two-bedroom unit. Um um, but then beyond that, from the cultural perspective and as an inclusive coach, you've got people in front of you that um, come from, um, you know, diverse experiences. Mm. So you've got people that may have uh, players that may have disabilities that, you know, uh, unbeknown to you that are in front of you. Some players with speech impairments, maybe a physical um, impairment that they do have. And so there's, um, you know, uh, and you know the, the the challenges that we face around you know homophobia some of the yeah. players that are you know uh, that identify or you know are in 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 footy um terms you know you're you're hearing all these these um you know discriminatory language against you know people from you know different sexual orientation and that sort of excludes them from i guess that group to really thrive as players so I think from a, a lens, from an inclusive point of view, there's there's so many um, elements to consider as a coach, um, as well as Dave. What Dave was saying, you as a coach, you you stand in front of your players with, I guess, a collaboration, thoughts, um, you know, that have built your your thinking as a coach, your philosophy as a coach. And I think one of the important things to consider is well, be open to to the opportunity to learn about others, so that we can. You connect. make a great point there because you talk about inclusive and and straight away. Everyone thinks about cultural differences, but it's sexual orientation as well. You've you've got to be understanding about that as well and accepting of it as well, haven't you? As well. So, what I will ask you is what we tend to learn a lot about as coaches is the emotional intelligence, the research that goes behind. What are some practical ways that you can be an inclusive coach? Do you know? I think um, cultural events throughout your yep. your, your your club, uh, education on on difference and and you know and and stuff like acceptance, um, having rules of acceptance, the language that you use around the club is is important. Um, making sure that you you celebrate um, difference throughout your club, you've seen accept, and you want people to stand up for things that they believe in and and uh, and talk about the differences that they have in life, like. Uh, people who come with these different experiences, they help us all grow and we get to learn from them and we become better people from 
meeting people from different backgrounds and and from different like like um, Stevie was saying, sexual orientation, religion is another one that mm. that's that's key today. You have so many different religious beliefs, um, and we need to learn more from that. And I think it's just putting things in place in your training, in your coaching, in the way you speak. Um, giving every kid an opportunity to shine is one thing I try and do throughout my coaching. And uh, you know, we've even got difference in sizes of guys little guys bigger guys faster guys slower guys that can run along so i try and give a, a, a throughout a coaching week try and give everyone a chance to shine so we'll do some short shorter events we'll do some longer stuff we'll do some <laughs> stuff relying on strength we'll do stuff relying on brains someone who's a smart thinker and it just gives every kid a shine so they all see each mm. other in their most positive environment where they're thriving and when they're at their best and operating at their best and Sorry, keep going, Dino. Yeah, and it just gives, like I say, it just gives them everyone a, a, a chance to feel comfortable and know that I've got there some some value in me. So, Dino, I suppose a an added responsibility of you is not only inclusive coaching, uh, the different cultures that we have in our game, but you're also the the women's Indigenous All Stars coach as well. Mm. So, again, does your focus change again now that you're coaching females who are really only new into the sport over over recent years mate one of the best opportunities i've ever had to grow as a man was to coach these women you know they come yeah wow they, they're not professional rugby league players they're struggling with all different things in life and understanding how my coaching could help them and what i need to learn to be able to help them the best way was one of the most rewarding things i did because i walked away from the experience and the person who learned the most was me yeah. as the coach mm. i thought i was there to teach these girls some great things about rugby league but they taught me better things about life and i think that's that's the motivator for anyone out there looking to coach people from different whatever difference it is whatever they're bringing whatever uh, you know challenge it is with your coaching um, accept it because you're the person who's going to walk away w with the most out of it, um, of the experience in the end. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, David, just getting back to that, that practical approach, yeah. the emotional intelligence, the research, then putting it into practice. Yeah. What are some examples there? Yeah, building on what exactly what Dino said about that lifelong learning, you, you know, like anything, you're the, the more you learn, the more you realize you, you don't know. Um, mm. and, and so I've found even in, from an academic standpoint that the more I'm learning, there's so much more about Pacifica culture and non-Pacifica culture that I need to um, be more aware of when I'm coaching. I'm, I'm thinking more of my, um, my uh, weekly approach with junior league. Uh, kids, so a making sure that I'm making sure I'm learning and not getting caught up in the junior league politics. You know, there's a uh, player selection. You mentioned somatotyping, so they call it position stacking. Um, a lot of times, they just sort of limit a particular a child with a big build. Just give him he's the front rower for the rest. But I like how you said you give them different moments to shine. It's 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 okay to put them in first receiver or put them on the wing instead of just give it to that one kid to um, cut it up the middle. Um, Genuine name attempts for, for name pronunciations, I found uh, for coaches, it goes a long way. Um, to, sometimes um, I've seen a lot of botched names, you know, mm -hmm. some of those long Pacific Islander or, or Maori names. Um, uh, but just genuine attempts to making sure they're getting the vowels right or how, um, or uh, asking them, well, what are you comfortable with me um, uh, saying? You know, so it just shows that I'm willing to bridge that sort of cultural gap. Um, I, I also find, uh, find out with, from your players who their figure of authority um you were uh, leaning towards coaches aren't just coaches these days you got to be a friend 
a psychologist, <laughs> a, a teacher. Yep. You're almost like their father if, if they don't have a father figure at home. So there's a lot of different hats that coaches, but a lot of the volunteers that do coach Junior League, I'm just in it to, for fun. Mm. I, I do it because mm. I, I love my footy. I, and so I'm weary of the coach who says, look, I'm in it for, only for fun. I don't need to worry about all this inclusive stuff. It's all good mm. on paper. But in the park, when I've just finished knocked off on work and I just need to run a training session and keep these nagging parents off my back, yep. um, you, you need to put it in context. And so for me, um, little things like that, finding out if they're struggling with trusting you, find out who they do respect. And maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's the other coach, maybe it's their, a pastor or another mentor. Um, so just making sure you're also using those outside networks, not just in footy, but finding out who they, they respect off the field. Well, Dave makes a really good point there about the – the guy that's just worked a 10-hour day, he comes home, he grabs the bag of balls and the cones, he runs down to the pitch, mm. and he knows that he wants to be an inclusive coach. But, Steve, he sometimes doesn't have the resources. Mm. How do we make them available to a lot of our listeners now listening to this this episode who would be in the regional areas? How do they get the resources to educate themselves? Yeah, look, I think from the NRL perspective, um, the guys in, in coach education are really um, putting in the effort to put in resources that, you know, will support the coaches. Um, I guess there's a lot of support out there in terms of um, what's out there through the Australian Sports Commission, um, have a number of resources, um, acronyms that they could use to really practically um, put together a lesson plan um, that considers, you know, different different uh, different aspects of being an inclusive coach like you know if you've got players in front of you that you know do have a, a bit of a, an impairment or, or, or hearing impairment you know really consider that environment that you have when you're giving um, I guess um, instructions for your moves and I, I know you know growing up and in, in playing rugby league and, and you know born and I was born in Samoa and I remember moving to Australia when I was 12 um, you know, I always looked at the coach as that authoritarian, you know, he he, he or she is that, you know, that person I've got to listen to. And um, some of the challenges that players have when they can't hear their instructions and they just go along with the flow and, and the coaches, you know, we're sitting in the video room, he's given these instructions and he, at the end of it, he says, right, do you all understand? And we all nod our head because of, you know, we're, you know, a bit shy in our culture, you know, in certain cultures, it's sort of, you know, you've got to make sure you're listening and don't show, you know, sign of weakness. Um you know, really um, being aware, I guess, of of the again going back to those individuals that are in front of you, um, and I guess you know, for for coaches, it's you know, there's resources that are out there. But again, go back to your coaching philosophy. I think it's got to be you know, even if you are a volunteer, you are time poor. It's not looking at it and saying, oh, now I've got to add another you know element to my uh, to my coaching. It should just be, you know, a norm for you to be conscious about how am I going to fully engage these kids today? Look at the environment around you. Look at the, the type of drills like Dino said, you know, mm. um, there's certain players that just get turned off um, coming to training because all coach does is, you know, Malcolm's and running around the oval and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, and I love, um, you know, coaches that take the time to sort of plan their lessons and get the fitness out at the same time as teaching skills and and all that sort of stuff so um in terms of resources i think the bank will continue to grow from an nrl education point of view and and, and i'm sure the team will will update i guess our coaches now guys we hear a we hear a, a phrase throughout our podcast and our episodes we so and we, we we've used it on a number of occasions and it's a phrase it's not what you say it's how you say it now with the diverse backgrounds and with the different cultures, is it the opposite in this? Is it not how you say it, but it's actually what you say? If I make sense, it's sort of, is it in reverse or is it, is it the same I th- in I th- regards to our cultures, not what you say, it's how you say it? 
Uh, I think there's a lot of communication skills involved with all different sorts of things. You know, even uh, diversity, the word is even more diverse than just diversity yeah. itself, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We talk about Indigenous people, and I, that's an area where, you know, where I work a lot, but mate, Indigenous people are as diverse as, as anything, you know? There's mm. different backgrounds come from. Um, people, people have got different... I think it's always being aware of... That those communication skills around, you know, listening, watching, picking up on all the cues, um, recognizing any any little difference, um, whether a kid noticing a kid's day, um, what what sort of attitude if there's been changes in the kid. Uh, I think communication, the key to I think you know, Slats, when you think about what you say, um, it comes down to comes down to what you've seen and what you've heard and what you've been paying attention to before is going to make what you say important. Yep. You know, we, we can have all the big lines and stuff like that, but if the kids aren't connected and we're not connected with them and we're not looking at what they're feeling, where they're at, how they are today, um, is something wrong with the kid over here? Is this kid, do I need to pull this kid in? Do I need to give him a hug? Do I need to kick him up the backside? Do I, all these different things. It's always evolving. So I think it's more around um, being aware of, how your whole communication style, what you're what you're taking in, what you're seeing, what you're listening to, uh, you know, there's an old, old Aboriginal um, saying that's God gave you two two eyes, two ears, and only one mouth, and that was for a reason, so you can yep. take everything in that, mm. that, you're, that you're listening to. So, I think that is more important around the communication than. Um, uh, you know, knowing what to say or how to say it or, or when to say it is a key thing as well. You'll learn those things by watching your team. Yep. I I completely agree. I, I think it's absolutely critical to understand that you evolve as a coach. You, um, and sometimes you don't pick up what you're saying. It's not until someone else mentions it to you after and says, did you notice you said it like this way? Mm. Like, really? No, I didn't mean it that way. So it may come across unintentional, but I think the what and how is is important, especially in in Australia society. What one in five now are born over overseas with our population, so uh, one in four, I believe. And so, I think you need to understand, similar to the indigenous uh, population, Pacifica, Pacifica, and Maori, they're ex- ethnically diverse. I, I remember uh, when I worked at New South Wales Rugby League, there was a lot of blanket cover activity, and so, yep. oh, you're an Islander. And the kid will say, no, I'm Māori. Yeah. Um, oh, isn't that the same? Well, you're, you're a bit, <laughs> I was you're guilty complex. of that for a lot yeah. of years, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like, kid with a, um, so you, 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 you're Tongan, right? No, I'm Samoan. Oh, the big difference. Just perhaps similar calling a Kiwi and Aussie or a Canadian in the US or even within the Asian or African community. So I think we need to be mindful that we need to remove any sort of negative stereotypes or yep. any misconceived ideas. I remember <laughs> addressing the team and right after, um, one of the parents, as we were walking towards the car, he says, mate, you're quite articulate for an Islander. And I, and I was like, do I get offended? Or <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that a compliment? But, but I know what he was trying to say. Yeah. In his, everyone he's worked with was, you know, he'd sort of pigeonholed or categorized. And I think it's important as, as uh, effective, inclusive coaches, um, you know, go in with a, a blank um, sort of open mind in terms of, especially with the whole generational shift, uh, a lot of, um, migrant communities now are born here, so they're second generation. So they may not be as affiliated or as tied in as as well as their as their parents did. And and, and then there's the language barrier. Mm. Some can't even sort of speak their their language. And and so I've I've seen one coach do something really really well. He named some of his drills. I I know you mentioned that. Yes. Um, 
like uh, you know, uh, he knew one of his players was from uh, a Fijian village um, called Lautoka. So he says, we're going to do the Lautoka agility drill. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. the kid just, you know, his ears were pricked and he, he put in. Yeah, so he got idea. better productivity out of that. But all because a coach knew where he was from and knew that acknowledging your home or locating your home is very, very important and, um, culturally. And I think uh, I mean that's where it streams out of. And like uh, coming, uh, you know, as a as a player, there's nothing better than when you rock up to the training and your coach comes up to you and asks you how your day was. That connection, as Dino is talking about, or or you know, makes an effort to pronounce your name, you know, um, the the right way, or asks you know how was that you know your event on the weekend, or um, and and you, we know you know from a cultural perspective, you know, um, the you know the the Blackfella funeral or the Pacific Island funeral is very different from the Whitefella mm-hmm. funeral, you know, and, and, and coaches, and, and I guess from an NRL perspective, you know, we've been really proactive in that area of, um, of educating um, coaches, um, educating our staff around Indigenous and Pacific Island, um, you know, awareness. But as Theo says, it's, we, we are a, a melting pot of diversity in Australia, both culturally and, and you know, in, 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 in experiences as well do you know mentioned you know he's, he's coaching uh women as well um you know and, and some of the languages that we do use you know um when we talk about um you know empowering women to feel a part of our game is you know the types of languages we use and things that sort of go past our head sometimes like you know you kick like a girl oh come on girls you yeah. know you know mm. when you you, co- you know those those little things that you sort of sometimes um, you know, you oversee. It's it's really for us to be conscious about the words, the communication that we're putting out. Um, is what is it contributing to? Is there a subtle difference? You talk about little things like little things, big things like the funerals. Mm. Is there a subtle difference in the way that you would coach an Indigenous lad to a Pacific Island player? Is is there is there a difference? Is there a way that emotionally? You need to engage the different cultures. Well, well culture. There's there's a lot of difference between everyone that we coach, um, and there's a lot of education out there around you know the traditionally the differences between a lot of these people um, and what we can. But it's I think it's all around building that connection and understanding of how each individual works because we can blanket people and say, okay, I've got the original boys in here, I better make sure that this is on and I've got that sort of stuff happening. But you still might miss kids because mm. they, 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 well, I didn't grow up in the country hunting animals, so hunting animals isn't important to me or doing dances isn't something I was raised with. Mm. So there's all this difference and I, I think it all comes down to the connection. And for me, educating yourself on all the, you know, all the different things that you can learn is fantastic but if you haven't got the connection with yep. each individual kid, you're never going to work out what fits for that kid. And you'll actually operate. You'll think, I know Aboriginal kids. I did an Aboriginal cultural awareness course, so I know what this kid yeah. wants. But you haven't sat down and, and listened to him and, and taken notice and asked about his life. So I think it's, it, yeah, the education is fantastic and you've got to get out there and educate yourself on difference and accepting difference and understanding, um, you know, all these different things. But if you've, you've got to build the connection first. Yeah, I think it's it's an ongoing and a, an evaluating sort of uh, process, um, and and perhaps they're listening. Oh yeah, that was a cool podcast. Yeah, now I'm an inclusive coach. You know, yeah. it's <laughs> it's it's what you do uh, beyond and ongoing. And we've all mentioned that um, we're still learning as well. Um, yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it. You know, and one thing I will say, Slats, is don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah, mm. just own up to them. Look, listen, no. buddy. Sorry, man. I, yeah. I, 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 I thought the wrong thing. 
I said the wrong thing and I apologise for it and I really want to learn. I want you. I, I can see, you know what, you've made me a better person from teaching me. That's a great mate, We've all made mistakes and sometimes we have a lot of coaches out there that are too scared to make mistakes yeah. or do the wrong thing and it holds them back. Get in there, have a go, learn, listen. Um, you know, if you make mistakes, come. That's great experience. It'll Move build the connection and trust even more yes. when they acknowledge that, mm. mate, I'm learning too. And yeah. So, it's so it's totally well. The, the way. player becomes a teacher, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, now have we identified some coaches in your experiences that that do it really well? Um, Johnny Lang, um, you know, I didn't get coached by Johnny Lang, but I met him and I I'll tell you a great him. story about him. Mate, so I, 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 <laughs> I went to say goodbye to him one time, Slats, and an hour and a half later, I'm still there. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I've I met Johnny Lang, and the stories I hear about Johnny Lang, I, I got to know him a little bit, just saw him around at, at training. I, I wasn't coached by him at all, but he seems to be one of those guys who's um, you know, really had that connection um, and, and willingness to learn about about stuff like that. And he's one who stood out for me. Um, I, you know, I never played under him, but uh, you know, I saw some of the stuff that he did, and I heard a lot about him, and impresses me. Well, I, I mean, I've got my my first ever coach when I again coming. Traveling over when I was twelve years old to Australia was a guy named Mike Reed um, at my local junior rugby league. He was my first ever coach here in Australia, um, and again it was that sense. And still of, had that influence. Still on had you today. that influence wow. on me. Like it was his approach to. He was a um, an Ang- you know white, white Anglo man, and me being Pacific Island shy uh, player coming to the club. He greeted me with a, a greeting from my 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 culture, Talofa, you know, in Samoan, and for me. The, for me, that that meant a lot because he, you know, it's not something that he hears every day. But he he went and found out, you know, what that greeting was, and I guess that sense of not only from a coach's point of view, but I guess the clubs um, make you know that the big influence around the coach as well and the culture that's there um, from an inclusive you know point of view. Um, and I had Shane Flanagan um, was my under twenties coach um, when I was there at the Roosters. Yeah. Um, I must say we went undefeated the whole year that year um, in 2004. But Shane Flanagan really, you know, I mean, that that's credit to the coach, obviously. And when we talk about being, you know, inclusive is a, a little bit of a fancy word, but it's it's really, I guess, the theme of this podcast. I remember is that connection. Um, Shane was such a, um, and is still, obviously, the work that he's doing at the Sharks, but w- has a great way of connecting with players in a, you know, in a way that he is approachable and, and he makes the effort to connect. Um, and he connected with us, um, with the diverse group we had. Yeah, it certainly is that coach 10, 20, 30 years down the track when you catch up and you're yeah. still talking about, um, about your playing days. And um, I guess for me, it was... Uh, the coaches who were transparent, who gained the trust of my parents, those who I um, had a lot of respect for off the field, it was those coaches who were honest and transparent and say, look, this is what I'm expecting. My parents sort of um, half knew the game plan because they were they were that trustworthy with, with the coach. So um, for me, it's about uh, being honest and transparent and making sure that um, they believe into the, uh, they believe the same people that I trust um, off the field. Talking about Johnny Lang just quickly, and when he came out to Penrith, we came last in 2001 at Penrith, second last in 2002. He arrived, and we had this player by the name of Tony Portour, who we all know of, who I would crawl over broken glass for this guy. He's just the most lovable human being ever. And he always had these amazing physical attributes, but he still hadn't reached his potential, and there was something missing. There was a link that just just wasn't getting through to Tony for some reason. He was... He was great for three weeks, and then for some reason he just couldn't find that consistency. And I'll never forget John Lang 
had a meeting with Tony Pulitzer, who is of Samoan descent, and he sat in the office with him in his first week that he arrived at training, John, and he didn't sit across the table from him. He put the seat next to him, and he said, Tony, when they asked me to come and coach here, the first thing you do as a coach is you look at the playing list. And so I looked down the playing list, and he said, I saw the name Tony Pulitzer, and I said to myself, I'd rather coach with this guy than against him, and you're one of the biggest reasons why I came to this great club, and you and I... We're basically going to dominate the world together. Mm. Tony Pulitzer under John Lang became the most destructive back rower in rugby league at that time. And mm. I often tell that story about John Lang. And it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, Dino, without having much to do with him, but know the influence that he's had just on the, the few instances you've, you've had in his company. It's a, he's an amazing man when you talk about inclusive coaching. He's, he will be the first to admit that he, he gets a lot of, thing wrong, a lot of things wrong when it comes to learning the diverse backgrounds, but he'll always, always educate himself to have that, that word we keep talking about is connection. Mm. Hey, so just to finish off, guys, with our Australian landscape, we, we've got um, in our game, it's fair to say we're primarily um, Anglo, uh, Pacific Island, and also Indigenous, but we're seeing a lot of other cultures being introduced into rugby league as well. One that comes to mind in southwest of Brisbane is the Sudanese culture. Um, yourselves, are you seeing a lot of various cultures that are being introduced into the game? And if so, and I'll start with you, Steve, and if so, are you having to educate yourself yeah. in regards to their backgrounds? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have seen the migration. I mean, traditionally, rugby league, you know, being played by, you know, people from European backgrounds yep. and Australian indigenous. And then we have this, you know, massive um, influx and, and rise of um, people from Pacific Island backgrounds playing rugby league. And then now we're seeing, you know, uh, more and more um, diverse cultures engage the game. And, and you know, the, the recent sort of uh, wave of, of, of talent is, is coming from, I guess, our African backgrounds. Um, I guess it... When we look at the population, and it, w it will not slow down slats, like yep. in terms of migration, like, you know, there's, as Dave said, you know, one in four Australians were born overseas. Um, one in two have a parent born overseas um, as well. So the, the diversity is continuing to change. And I guess in 2011, we, um, as a multicultural development officer, um, we, we, we worked with the African community, and, we, and coming from Western Sydney, um, there's a massive population out there, significant population, particularly in the, the Blacktown, um, Western Sydney area, the Southwestern uh, Sydney area, um, to the point where, um, for the first time, we put together an African team um, to participate in a Harmony Cup. And the talent that comes from, you know, we, we look at the players and their, their size and the, 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 I guess, the endurance that they have. Um, is is significant but again from when we look at the diversity of those coming from um you know african backgrounds um there are also different challenges um that these um players come from we've got one particular player um who's been in the system now um obed kawin um he's actually one of our casual staff members in our in our community team and um and obed from ivory coast he's a refugee over here and uh and he's got a unique story um where um his family moved here and he migrated um through a jungle and was f one of few families that survived uh, that migration as refugees over here to come to australia from a war-torn um country and and find rugby league as a way to, to you know to integrate i guess or to 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 connect with their community and we're seeing more and more of these communities um uh, connect with rugby league and using and, and and rugby league being a vehicle for them to really connect with the wider community. Mm. 
I think that there's some key message in the power of our game. You know, that's what they that they come here. They want to connect with our game because it, it does make a difference to their lives out there. And I remember there's a couple of key things I've heard over the years is um, a taxi driver was taking someone to the, that, that uh, Harmony Cup that you were talking about, Stevie. And uh, they mentioned, oh, there's an Africa United team here. And this guy was African, the driver. And he said, Africa United? It'll never happen, never happen. <laughs> but in rugby league, it can happen, you know. And as far as for Indigenous people, in rugby league, Things can happen for us. We've always led the way for our our people in the community um, through the game to make a difference and to feel accepted and to earn respect and, and earn trust and and teach about our culture. And I'm so proud of rugby league, you know, that we celebrate all this diversity throughout the year. I encourage clubs to to do the same thing. Women in league round, you know, uh, we celebrate uh, the the Mardi Gras, you know, we have floats there. We celebrate uh, the Pacific Test. We celebrate the Indigenous All-Stars. We celebrate so many of these things throughout the year. And it's great to see that a lot of local clubs are doing the same thing. They're having their rounds where they celebrate these same things and and learn. And it, we're all taking it for what it is about opportunities to learn and become better. Mm. You're always going to get your, your naysayers as well and, you know, those who sort of don't want to necessarily celebrate. I'm content where I... I am, but you're right. That's just where the way our multi multicultural society is um, is going. So it's important to embrace and really take time out just to understand where every, everyone's coming from. You know, for some of them, as you mentioned, they've had some serious traumatic, you know, um, experiences with childhood. And one could argue, well, I, I had some traumatic experiences too, and but I'm from here, and so you've just got to be um, really understanding and making sure when I was a teacher we had a, uh, a significant um, cohort of um, you know African migrants and um, and sometimes there were tensions with other sort of uh, cultural groups but it's important that we're, if you're not sure what to do find someone um, mm. who can because there are um, networks and there are liaison officers or there are people such as accessing your programs um, that can you know really really help I just think sometimes we when we're, we're caught in our little space, we, we fail to, to reach out. Mm. But just to know there's always stuff out there. Mm. And I guess that's so like in terms of um, the migration, the inevitable migration of, of cultural diversity, and it will continue to increase, um, I guess one of the first contacts that these uh, communities have is the local rugby league club, is that local team that they connect with, is that coach that coaches gives them their first experience um, within our game. And I think, um, you know, um, being, as D- Dave said, it, it's just being across. Um, I know some of the non-traditional rugby league communities are really um, influencing migration, like those from Southeast Asian backgrounds, those from Indian backgrounds. Um, and so, you know, and some would, would say, you know, these communities will never play our game. But slowly but surely, we're yeah. st- seeing them to connect with the game with the great initiatives that, you know, our game development staff are doing and reaching out to these communities. I think it's it's having that open mind and um, and understanding that the reality is we we are multicultural. And, uh, and for us as our great game and growing our great game has really given them that experience that they can connect with our game in a positive way. Yeah, it's great. We could sit here and talk about for hours, couldn't we? But we just know that it's such an, uh, an evolving topic that is viewed as one of our most important facets when it comes to coaching. Connection is probably the key word that we keep hearing, isn't it? Connecting with, with your individuals within your sides. And um, you're all doing an amazing job, uh, not only for the rugby league, but the communities in general. And so I want to thank you all for joining Tackle Coaching for the NRL here this afternoon. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Great to be here.